Why Nickers? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickers is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickers is being lowered. Once a neck, always a neck. Today feels different. It is December 11th, and in a week where we find out that the FDA approves uh, the vaccine, we find out that New York Knicks basketball is back after a whole nine months to the date. (laughs) The last time we saw the New York Knicks play was March 11th, 2020, um, and tonight preseason is back. This is a Knicks show, ladies and gentlemen. You got your boys Mo and Navi here uh, ready to... Once again, talk about Knicks basketball, real basketball, and uh, I'm I'm really excited. Crazy. How you feeling, man? Doing good, man. I mean, talking about real basketball. I mean, I think I told you this offline. It's like, yo, I'm hyped just because, like you said, we're talking actual basketball, and like, yeah, the transactions, the rumors, and like the storylines are cool. And obviously, we had a chance to briefly talk about basketball during the bubble playoffs, but it ain't the same as talking Knicks basketball. Mm-hmm. It's not as much um, angst and anger when we <laughs> when we talk about other NBA teams. So. Um. Yeah, get hyped to get it all started tonight. Cause I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. This is basically like the first cup of coffee in uh of the of this new season of season three, basically, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, unofficially times. season three. Um, this is still a season two episode. Technically, our season three will start when the season starts, which is uh December twenty second. I think the first Knicks game is the twenty third. Uh, but yeah, no, this is the cup. There's a cup of coffee edition. Um. And Friday night, Knicks is back, man. I uh, hope that curse is gone, though. But, yeah, yeah. I mean, we would consider this cup of coffee like the prologue or prelude season three. How about that? Yeah, it's that like, works. you know what I mean? When Marvel drops like a random teaser before their big release. Yo, speaking Side of Marvel. You, you seen all the announcements yesterday? Bro, <laughs> I, I swear to God, it's going to sound sad. In this miserable-ass year, I don't think I've felt that kind of joy and anticipation in a minute. We actually have shit to look forward to if we survive this vaccine yeah knock on wood god forbid anything anything goes wrong i was thinking the other day and obviously this is supposed to be a knicks podcast but imagine endgame came out a year later it, it, was, it was data for a year we wouldn't have seen it <laughs> until 2021 the timing was incredible and like I, I fucking hate conspiracy theories but if you're gonna have a conspiracy theory just like the the, the powerful disney overlords knew that the pandemic <laughs> pandemic was about to ravage society and they're just like no we not we need to get endgame in theaters pronto it just happened to work it. that perfectly are you kidding you know me? What I mean like <laughs> and they name it endgame before like yeah <laughs> like our actual real life endgame comes like it's incredible but yeah them shows look fire but uh um yeah like you said it's the next podcast um all right, man. I mean, shit. We got Detroit on on the on the schedule tonight. First preseason game. Um, what are you looking for tonight? And just what are you gonna be actually like, really kind of honed in on and you know focused on to see? Yeah, I mean, from like kind of like a macro perspective, I I'm excited to see Killian Hayes too. I, obviously, I don't want to start with talking about a non Knicks player, but Killian Hayes was my favorite going into the draft, and I was hoping the Knicks would would draft Same. him, but Detroit took him one pick before the Knicks did, so. Six foot seven guard, and there was a play yesterday that someone put up that was pretty cool. He got a block and stepped back through on the other side within seconds apart, which was dope. But obviously, I think everyone's excited to see Obi Toppin playing in New York Knicks jersey. Um, and I know it's a little bit unprecedented to come from Nickish where we're where we're hyping him up, but that's our boy now. You know, he's he's unofficially one of our kids now, 
and um, or officially one of our kids now. And it's going to be cool to see him. It's going to it's going to be cool to see RJ. You know, hopefully eat on the court now. He's ready to go. This is first t- this is his first game back in nine months, and after he was snubbed from the all rookie team, uh, everyone's going to have eyes on him to see how he bounces back. So those two guys, and obviously the storyline with Mitch. Uh, let's hope that it's all just a a story of the past. But obviously, I'm sure you saw yesterday's Instagram story. Now, what was the story? Oh, really? Um, a lot of people started sharing it. It was him saying there's no loyalty anymore. Mitch? Or, yeah, he's like, where all the loyalty at? Something, something like this that. This man has had six agents in like four months. Like, relax. They all wondering the talk. same thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I think, um, shout out to, I believe it was the Strickland. Not the Strickland. Um, Nick's home school. They did like a crossover with the Locked On Knicks dude. And I think... Maybe Macri, he's been on this for a minute, but he's just talking about, like, there's got to be something there to the idea um, of, like, him having so many agent changes and so so little of a time. There, that must say something about, like, his camp, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. his, the people around him. So, I don't know. I mean, whatever they are, and, you know, we know Mitch. I mean, obviously, as fans, we know him. Like, he seems like a pretty impressionable, kind of, like, uh, carefree kid. The type that, like, to be real, like, is, is easy to take advantage of, you know what I mean? So... I just hope that's not what's happening with Mitch, but if he's actually, like, that was, like, a passive-aggressive swipe at, like, the Knicks themselves, I was like, come on, man, like, we just went through shit with KP with, like, trying to interpret, what his fucking Instagram post, yada, 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 like, we can't go down that route again, so, like, I don't know, I hope that gets squashed, I hope that's just, like, him and his feelings, but, um, yeah, I mean, to kind of go back on the good note, um, definitely excited to see what RJ is, is, uh, is going to be looking like because yo like shout out to the Knicks wall as well yesterday they had a whole thread of just like the best highlights of RJ season and I went through each fucking video bro and I'm just like damn this kid lock on wood bro like I'm just saying like if if he, he could it's plausible he could make a jump this season mm-hmm. just with like proper coaching because like Fizdale and the kind of like roster we put around RJ last year was like the fact that he even had kind of like highlights to show is like I feel like it's a testament to like the kind of potential he has. So right. I'm excited about that, really. But real talk, though, the most intriguing thing to me that's come out in recent days is just, like, the word and, like, like the word and whispers about how Knox is looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, yo, be honest, like, well, uh, like, in terms of the Nick-ish, I think Knox has been the least discussed young prospect, you know what I mean? Because I feel like both of us have both been just, like, yo, these last two years he's been trash. But, like, you know, we still have hope, but, you know what I mean? It's just, like, a show and prove. So... I don't know. I mean, that's the biggest thing I'm 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 looking forward to. Just how Knox looks. Yeah, ob- yeah. Obviously, we we'd love to see Knox bounce back, and obviously, we're not writing him off as being trash. I, and it's just me personally. I I never think it's a good idea to overextend yourself and create expectations for yourself that you might not be able to meet because once mm-hmm. you don't meet them, and this is like a a work a career 101 kind of thing for all careers. You don't want to say I'm going to be the best at something or like I'm going to be I'm going to have great leaps or I'm going to be excelling at this thing and then not meet those expectations. You want to kind of obviously Knox coming in a position where people aren't expecting much and you, what you want to do is you want to overachieve, but he's putting yeah, himself lucky. in a position that if he if he underachieves, he's not you know, going with the words that he was promising before the season. He was basically saying, uh, and it was quoted, he was saying uh, he was expecting a big season. He wants to have, like, a season. huge season. Yeah. And yeah, it's he, like, he sees a huge season. Yeah, yeah and, like, I, I get it. You, you know, you want to say those things coming to the season and give yourself confidence, and it does work for certain players. But players that that works for are bona fide killers on the court. 
that would work for Kobe, you know, RIP. Yeah, it yeah. would work for LeBron, but you're you're Kevin Knox, man. You <laughs> you're gonna need to take a step back before you say it. But you know, who knows? It might work out because the uh, I'm sure there's a there's a little bit of pressure that comes in for Knicks players when they play at MSG uh, because of the way the crowd can quickly turn on a player, and we've seen it time and time again. Uh, when players are booed by their own team, it, it has a its own psychological effect that you know takes some time to uh, bounce back from. But let's let's hope that he does come back. This is season three for for Knox. Sorry, season yeah no yeah, season three, 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 three for Knox. Uh, so yeah. and he's had an extended time to to prep himself and um, you know let's just make sure the jump shot goes. That's like, he just needs to play solid defense. Just make sure his jump shot goes in and he'll be fine. Yeah, I mean, I feel that. Like, the old cliche is, like, under-promise and over-deliver, you know what right. I mean? But yeah. the thing I'm kind of like, I actually kind of like the bravado I saw from Knox just because, like, yo, well, what have we been, like, hearing and just seeing for, like, the last two years? Like, Knox is probably, like, the aside from Frank, he's probably the most timid and just, like, childlike uh, young player we have, you know what I mean? He's um, Obviously, like, he his road to the NBA is nothing like kind of Frank's where, like, you know, he toiled and just, like, played in his professional leagues as a teenager like Knox like his dad was a pro athlete so he came from like like not wealth but like he came from a certain level of privilege that like other like you know uh you know grassroots or like you know straight out the gutter athletes have you know what I mean like I think his dad played in fucking Florida State you know what I mean he Rod Strickland was like in his in his life as well and Knox's life I believe like was was the word so I mean I think just like that's kind of lend it lend it itself to him being a little more soft than like a lot of a lot of young players would be, or him being one of the softest kind of young players we have. You know what I mean? Like, because um, it, it was obvious like there'll be mad days where it's just like when his shot wasn't falling, you could tell he was like moving with no confidence. You know what I mean? Like especially his rookie season when he hit that wall, and then obviously last year, which was like a clusterfuck. So I mean. I think, like, just so then coming in and seeing, like, that bravado, like, I actually was, like, you know, pleasantly surprised. But I also feel your aspect, like, yo, don't set expectations. But to be real, I feel like all Knicks fans were, like, the rational ones just had had their expectations for Knox in the basement. You know what I mean? So, like, anything he would have provided probably would have been gravy. You know what I mean? It probably would have been, like, a cherry on top. You know what I mean? But him coming in just be like, nah, I'm, I'm about to have a huge season. It's like, okay, I respect the bravado, like, show and prove. You know what I mean? Like, personally it's like for my if we're gonna grade like what Knox said in the pre training camp i'm gonna give it an incomplete grade up until we see how he looks in the season you know what i mean yeah so like my thing is like I, what i what no like nerlands no said something like was really interesting to me i think a reporter asked him last week like yo so what is the atmosphere been like at training camp he's just like it feels like a family atmosphere hmm. that's obviously because there's so many kentucky connections there and i feel like Knox, that probably had something to do with Knox coming in with so much confidence because he's surrounded by people that, like, know him. You know what I mean? Mm. Kenny Payne, uh, World Wide West was obviously, like, tied to the hip with Kentucky, probably, mm. like, recruited Knox or had a role in that recruitment. Um, you know, all the Kentucky connections. You got MKG, you got Quickly, guys that, like, you know, know, like, you Randall. know, that are, like Knox is familiar with. You know what I mean? So, like, when you're, like, just on a regular personal level, when you're surrounded by family, as opposed to, like, you know, outsiders, everybody's more comfortable, you know what I mean? Like, depending on if you fuck with your family or not, but <laughs> you know what I mean? But, like, Knox <laughs> probably saw that. He probably saw, like, you know, he felt comfortable going into training camp. He's, like, he's got an actual coach now that will, you know, put him in positions to succeed, you know, knock on wood. Not not to say Tibbs hasn't had a history of that, but, you know, we've seen great coaches come to their next and somehow turn into, like, fucking dickheads. So, I mean, 
you know, there's, there's always that like that chance. But I think that has something to do with Knox's confidence and his comfort, which to me is a positive. You know what I mean? Because I feel like he's the type of kid that you do need to make comfortable for him to kind of thrive. You know, like so it's got to be kind of a different approach to everybody. Like with RJ, it's like the exact opposite. He thrives with a chip on his so- shoulder. You know what I mean? Like. Like, that's why I was kind of hyped. We're both kind of hyped that he got left off the rookie team because it's right. like, oh, shit, this is a motivational factor. But, yeah, it's a, on my long-winded Knox rant, I dig the confidence, kid, but, yo, like, prove it. You know what I mean? Show and prove. Right, that's yeah. I'd rather, I'd rather show it than hear it. But, uh, yeah, no, I, I can understand the Kentucky family confidence boost. I also think that that can have an opposite effect on players who are not from Kentucky, not named mm-hmm. R.J. Barrett. And I think that could be something that's affecting Mitch Robinson right now because if, it's Noel, if Noel's the one who's saying, yeah, it feels like family because I'm a Kentucky guy and all of us Kentucky boys are chilling and Mitch Robinson's <laughs> just watching from the outside looking in. <laughs> he feels al- yeah. he might feel alienated. <laughs> who knows? But um, I don't know. I, I hope that – I mean, these, these guys aren't too far away from high school and you just hope that there isn't any form of clicky behavior because if that's something that could happen, it happened on the Knicks. Uh, we know mm-hmm. we know that, and uh, I mean, obviously with Thibodeau, it's not or it's not expected to be like that because we finally have a real coach, and I can't remember the last time the Knicks had a real real coach. I don't think obviously Fizdale doesn't count, Hornchek barely counts. I don't I don't even know if he counts. Um, I think we got to go Woodson. all the way back to like Mike D'Antoni. Woodson. Oh Woodson, yeah, yeah, yeah Woodson. Woodson you know what I mean? Mhm. Um. So yeah, it's been a minute. Like, but. So fucking when did Phil take over? Twenty fourteen, six years basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like so, and like to your point, since then we've had like newbie coaches. You know, Derek Fisher, which, to be honest with you, on the court, I felt like Fisher was improving, and he probably showed more promise as a coach than like any other coach that came after him. That's my opinion. That was my opinion at the time. You know what I mean? He got fired, obviously because he had like the off the court shit going on, but. His biggest reason that he got fired is because he was moving away from the triangle, and Phil was just like, "Nah, that's not gonna happen." Because we saw that we saw more. Pi- mm-hmm. We we honestly with Fisher, that was the craziest thing. He gets a lot of heat, and a lot of people hated him for some reason. But as a coach, I feel like he was overhated because he was actually doing a passable job in terms of incorporating modern pick and roll concepts with the triangle. But then Phil was just like, "Nah, fuck that. <laughs> fuck, yeah. fuck that. And I that's want the why, pure shit." That's why the Knicks <laughs> are winning those couple of games towards the later end of the season. That, exactly. That, and he uh, got, tank he only got yeah, and he only got fired when Melo got hurt and we went on a losing streak. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So then Phil, Fisher had nothing to do with that. You know what I mean? So he got fired, and then like the the off the court shit was an excuse. But that's a whole other tangent. But my point was like we've had you know young proven coaches until we had Tibbs. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a whole different like culture change. It's like the cliche that's been thrown around. But to go back to your Mitch point. I would be shocked if he's tied about the Kentucky thing because like what we heard when we hired Kenny Payne was like he recruited Mitch hard because Mitch like Kentucky the school was like on Mitch's ass to bring him to Kentucky you know what I mean, um but then you know his whatever Mitch is in the circle like pushed him towards Western Kentucky for some reason and then he eventually decided not to go to college at all yeah. you know what I mean so like that's I think that has nothing to do with Kentucky themselves I think that has something to do with Mitch's people. But yeah, like what we what was sold to us was that Kenny Payne was very familiar with Mitch as well, so that like Mitch would be comfortable in that regard. Um, so I don't know. I mean, if, if Mitch is feeling a type of way, which I mean, we're fans, we're obviously on the outside, outside looking in. You know, we ain't got no connections yet. You know what I mean? But from our perspective, like it just seems like yo, like just Mitch needs to fucking get his shit together and just like yo perform you know because <laughs> i thought you said bitch first i'm like ah, it's not that it's not, it's not it's not we're not that against oh, no. him yet <laughs> oh no no, no, no. <laughs> but um <laughs> but uh yeah i mean with and then like tibbs he made it pretty simple it's just like when you talk when the people ask him about mitch's like 
defensive potential. He's like he has great potential. It's just like he needs to work on being smarter about the fouls, which has been the story of Mitch's career so far. You know what I mean? So if 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 he's literally having because well, we don't know. All we have is like a vague Instagram story to go off of, right? But if he's like really kind of having like a tantrum behind the scenes, then I think that says a lot about his maturity or lack thereof. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's my take on Mitch. I'm just like, to your point, I'm worrying it, it doesn't turn into like some any kind of animosity. You know what I mean? Yeah, and like sub, subs on Instagram isn't isn't always is never the the move to be a professional. It's just. Yeah, but he's like a 21-year-old kid. Subs on Instagram is like the most vicious thing these pe- these kids know. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's a whole new generation, bro. It's wild. So, I think Mitch is part of that. What else? But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, shit. We got... I uh, mean, predictions-wise, because the, I think objectively... I, I don't know if Blake Griffin's playing tonight, but if he does play tonight, I think objectively the Pistons, for now, are might be the better team or might have, on paper, the better players. Um, win loss. Who do you think got it? I mean, it's a preseason, so I don't even expect any of our quote unquote starters. We don't even know who the starting lineup is, but I don't expect any of the starters or guys that we expect to be like major contributors of the season to play more than like a half. You know what I mean? It's just like a tune up game after nine months off. But in terms of win, fuck it, I think we'll win. You know what I mean? Like it's it's <laughs> tips. Like to be honest with you, there was so many games watching like. I'm going back to Tibbs' Chicago days, where it's just like they had no business winning a lot of games. This is like great teams, especially with the injuries they had, but they just won based off pure effort. So if we like, if we see this, we we start the game and we just like watch the game tonight. We see them come out with mad effort. We're like, okay, this is a good sign. You know what I mean? Like Tibbs is like aura and motto and like his teachings are actually like coming through. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> fuck it, why not? We'll give us the win. You know what I mean? Hmm. I mean, you got Detroit winning? No. <laughs> nah. Nah, this is nah. this man. You're just like, oh, they got Blake Griffin. <laughs> they more experienced. <laughs> it don't matter. It don't matter. We. I think their roster is dookie, bro. Like, and, and I mean, Blake was hurt all last year. Yeah. And to his credit, he was nice the year before. I think that was last, like Stan Van Gundy's last season. He with carried him. them you know to mean? the playoffs. Yeah, and he was like what averaging like five assists basically at that point. He basically became point Blake. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I mean, I think he had a pretty bad injury. I don't. I don't even know. He his list of injuries is like rivaling KP's. You know what I mean? So. Whatever he has. Might be worse like, right now. Yes, yeah, yeah, honestly, yeah, because, yeah, shit, one might say he was, actually, you know, he had a long streak of better productivity than KP before his injuries destroyed Blake, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, KP could even make it through his rookie contract before, like, he started, like, quote-unquote breaking down, but mm. that's that's a whole other tangent. But, yeah, I mean, I think I think we win. Um, I want to see, um, you know, because, oddly enough, Detroit got uh, two French boys. You know, you mentioned Kelly, but they got Sekou, Sekou Dembouya from last year's draft. Um, so, ba- like, I want to see how, like, our French boy does, you know what I mean, in relation to those guys, you know what I mean? Like, um, I don't know. I mean, with, uh, with RJ Frank, can come in, too, speaking that French. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, shit, I mean, yo, we been trying wondering, like, yo, who who would trade for Frank, you know what I mean, if, if Frank is on the block? Detroit's like culprit number one, right? Like, if, if a team out there is going to trade for Frank, why wouldn't they want to get the three Musketeers together? You know what I mean? <laughs> um, but, yeah, I want to see how Frank's being used, bro. Because, like, um, yesterday he mentioned he could play both the one and two. He could guard one and two. He's multi-positional. Yeah. Um, so it's I want to see whether Tibbs actually uses him as a backup point guard at any stage or he just uses him primarily as a wing and who he plays plays him with. So it's going to be interesting to see. What are you looking at it for? Uh, yeah, go ahead. My bad. I was going 
cut you off. No, I was just going to ask, what are you looking for from Frank tonight? Like, jump shots. Jump shots and locking up the best player on the court uh, who's mm-hmm. in from, from one to three. I want to see Tibbs put him on Killian. I want to see him put him on whoever whoever the best player is, point, small, or shooting guard. I want to see Frank on him, and I want to see Frank take at least – you know, five jump shots and make at least, you know, three of them. And I want to see him drive into the basket, make a couple of nice passes. That's that's it. I just don't want him to I just, we none of us ever want to see a passive Frank. We just know when he's aggressive. Um he's he's a really good player and he's coming off a twenty ten game, right? You go back <laughs> nine months, the last game Frank played, he dropped twenty points and ten assists. You hope that somehow, some way that momentum carries over to the very next game that he plays. Uh we'll we'll see it's a preseason game, so it might happen. Who knows? But um, yeah, man, that's that's what I want to see. I just want to see a solid game all around. For Frank, just just be aggressive, shoot your shots. Don't and his his nice. shot form is great. It should go down. He just always lacked the confidence. So let's just hope yeah. in year four, uh, this is the year, man. It's either make it or break it. I mean, it's yeah. If he wants any kind of payday, if not even just from us, but if he just wants like another team out there to pay him, he's it's like an audition year for Frank, like legit. You know what I mean? So. Well, like, I, I hear you on that. Like, if his jump shot looks pure and wet, like, at that point, it's just like, why isn't Leon extended him? You know what I mean? Like, I'll wait a little bit to see if his jump shot is consistent, maybe like a month or two into the season. If he's, like, shooting, like, 35% from three, yo, lock him up. Get mm-hmm. him, make him, give him that extension. You know what I mean? Like, because he's at the at the very worst, he's a perfect 3 and D kind of guy to come off the bench that could also play a little backup point. You know what I mean? Yep. I dig that, but yeah, another another name that's been getting a lot of like shine, and this is what I kind of br- want to bring up to you. Like you, you've heard all the shit about Dennis, right? Dennis yeah. Smith. Like uh, Tibbs is just like his jump shot is falling. He's making plays from others. You know what I mean? And he's looking really good. Yada yada yada. Let me ask you: Do you think that's legit, or it's like a, a mandate from the front office to just like pump up Dennis's uh, trade value? It's interesting because if you go back to training camp, like interviews from a couple of days ago, I feel like out of five questions, three of them were about Dennis Smith Jr. Mm-hmm. And even even beat reporters are asking all about Dennis and just asking is his jump shot legit? Uh, how, you know how how well do you accept, expect him to play this upcoming season? It if anything, it seems like it's an all around effort to make Dennis Smith Jr. look like a like a strong player. And I don't think anybody's going to trade for him yet until they see him on the court. So um, yeah. I don't think it'd make much sense to just increase his value just just for the sake of like. Just, there's no point of saying that he looks good if he doesn't actually look good to the extent and effort that they're going by because no one's going to trade for him until they see if he can actually pull it off on the court. So I think there is some legitimacy to what Tibbs is saying. Tibbs isn't. I don't think Tibbs really plays a politics game too much. He's. His exactly. job right now is, is is to be the coach. His first coaching job, solely coaching job in, in a number of years, and he's not worried about being a president or anything like that. So I don't think there's any of those kind of issues going on. I think I think whatever he's saying is is legitimate, and uh, I think we can expect uh, what what they're saying. I think he's going to come back and, and bounce back. Facts, yeah. I mean, I heard that theory thrown a lot thrown around a lot like it's just not even theories it's just like people joking on twitter message boards it's like oh they anytime any good word comes up about dennis they're just like yo pumping up that trade value you know what i mean so i mean i'm on the same boat as you i think tibbs don't play that shit you know what i mean i don't think he's actually like i think he's so much of a straight shooter that he can't even help it right you know what i mean exactly. he's just, you know what i mean so like if he's picking up a player you know like it's it's i think it's legitimate you know what i mean like obviously you and i just going off like I keep going back to it, the fan perspective, 
But, you know, we, we spoke to, was it uh, Paul Nepper? He actually had some conversations with Tibbs, and he told us right away he's a detail-oriented, straight shooter, you know what I mean? Um, he's actually kind of funny behind the scenes, but, you know, he's that's exactly what his persona is. That's who Tibbs is, you know what I mean? So, if going off that, I don't think Tibbs is bullshitting us. You know what I mean? I've seen how yeah. like yeah, good, good, good. No, I was gonna say I'd hope he's not bullshitting. I'd much rather see Dennis Smart, uh, Dennis Start than fucking Alfred Payton. You know what I mean? Dennis so, Smart, you just fused him with the dumbass coach <laughs> last year. Like, we, that's Keith we, we Smart. That scarred. <laughs> that's the PTSD. You can't say Dennis's name with, without thinking about Keith Smart. I feel you, bro. <laughs> I don't Wait, even know what the yeah. hell they was teaching, bro. It's just like, yo, you're not, like, clanking those jumpers enough, Dennis. You got to <laughs> put some more strength <laughs> into that brick. Like, I don't know what the hell <laughs> Keith Smart was teaching. Yeah. No, nah, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, no, I was going to say, that, that, that's pretty much it. I'm, I'm, if Dennis is going to be as good as he is, I'll be I'll be cool with that. He's, like, our adopted kid. Why not, right? Um, be, be better than you are. And, obviously, if a lot of fans, a lot of, you know, Nick's, you know, Twitter – feels like it's always Frank versus Dennis Smith Jr. They're on the same team, man. Everyone's playing for the Knicks right now. And um, they're both young guys, same age, same draft class, and it's not like one's really taking shots away from the other. They play essentially two different kinds of positions. Um, Dennis should be that kind of pure point guard, and Frank is more of a combo. They can play together. Yeah, they have the capability of playing together, and Tibbs could be that first coach that lets them actually do it. And I know that's (laughs) something we've been looking for for a year or a year and a half um, and it's never really happened, but hopefully Tibbs is smart enough to put them on the court together, let Dennis Smith do his thing, and let Frank be there to lock up anybody who's in the front court. Um, Facts. Bro, if he comes out tonight and Dennis just looks like a completely different player, I'm I'm going into storage. I'm dusting off the old Dennis Smith bandwagon. I'm bringing that shit out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Putting some new wheels on it. I'm just I'm, I'm, I'm driving the bandwagon again. You know what I mean? Because way back to 2017 draft, I fucking wanted Dennis so bad, and... Like, no, no, nothing gets Frank. I was just so convinced Dennis had way more potential. And, I mean, from the way the front office talks about Dennis in comparison to, like, Frank as a point guard prospect, I definitely think they kind of on that same page. They really do value that, like, explosive athleticism. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if he just gets his jump shot right and just, like, what what's between the ears gets, like, right, you know what I mean? And that only comes with proper coaching. You know, you've got Tibbs, obviously, but then you got Johnny Bryant. I'm going to keep going back to that because – we know who he's worked with. Like mm-hmm. he's he helped Donovan Mitchell come come out from college as like kind of a like a like a raw raw combo guard that had the athletic gifts. And he's like, what do you become? He's like a great scorer. Uh, he's looking like the number one option on a playoff team in the West right now. You know what I mean? And Dame Lillard, you know, is somebody Johnny Bryant's been you know connected yep. to, and his his work ethic is crazy. His development through like you know progressively from freshman year of college to where he is now is incredible. You know what I mean? So I mean, I'm not saying I'm gonna go back to what I said. In previous episodes, I'm not saying Dennis is those guys, but I think that's the kind of progress I would want to see, like in terms of like proportionally. You know what I mean? Like if Dennis is garbage now, he should be average or mediocre by the end of the season if Johnny Bryant's chops are as legit as we hope. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, shit, bro. Like if if Dennis actually is looks like what we thought he would look like last year, I think this season could be a lot different than we expect. You know what I mean? In terms of tanking, you know? Yeah, imagine a lineup with Dennis at the one, Frank at the two, RJ three, top and four, mm. Mitch five. That's that's what we've been building towards, and it just so happens that the past couple of seasons, like half those kids weren't confident enough. But I think RJ and Mitch were were solid enough, and Toppin is brand new. It's really just Frank and Dennis and Knox who just need to up their confidence. And if their confidence is up, we can see the capability, we can see their potential, and that be nice. that be perfect to show all you know all the work that was done. The last four or five years and all the patience that Knicks fans and the Knicks organization has been putting in, 
uh, was worth mm-hmm. it. And it's really just we just gotta see on the court. Um, because it's a cup of coffee, we're gonna bring it. Uh, Real quick though, just one last note on Dennis that yeah. I want to because Tip said something really interesting. Um, in terms of his play style, he said he they want to play fast. And for high pace, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, I'm looking at the roster, and like, yeah, Peyton is like a quote unquote point guard, but I think if we're trying to be a fast paced team, Dennis is like going to be the key to that, you know what I mean? Like, he's he's the athletic, like, combo guard that like, can push the pace. Not combo guard, but he's the athletic, explosive point guard that can push the pace. So if Tibbs envisions like a, a, a high effort defensive mentality team with like a fast paced offense, I think Dennis is going to be key to that end, and that leads me to, like, our point that, like, I don't think Tibbs is, like, bullshitting about his praise for Dennis. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, last note before we switch over to NBA real quick, right? Yep. Um, yeah, so real real quick, just the main headlines. Um, starting with James Harden, who doesn't seem like he's going to go to Brooklyn unless there's a Kyrie trade or Kevin Durant trade coming back to Houston. Huh. So that being said, James Harden added the Bucks and the Heat to his trade list. And the other major headline is PG, Paul George of the Clippers, agreed to a four-year, $190 million extension. All right. You, you want to take, take take a stab at the James Harden stuff first? Yeah, James Harden. <laughs> um, obviously, Brooklyn – well, actually, I don't know. It's never, it's never obvious anymore what goes on these days. James Harden objectively is a way better player than Kyrie Irving is. Um but Kyrie Irving yeah. and Kevin Durant have never played together, so but James Harden has. So I don't know. Um, I think obviously it'd be smarter to do what you can to keep to work with the window that Kevin Durant has, which unfortunately might not be uh, as long as some people may think. He is thirty one, thirty two years old, coming off a torn Achilles, and yeah. uh, James Harden is around that age. So you want to maximize the the time that you have and. You want to bring Harden over? I would. I would trade Kyrie for Harden in a heartbeat. Facts. Um, facts. And th- those guys have played together for a long time. Have been to the finals together. They know how how the other plays. Um, that'd be that'd be great for Brooklyn if they do it. Obviously, I'd hope that they don't do it because I wouldn't want that. The other yeah, one is Brooklyn. Milwaukee Bucks must be so tight right now because they gave up three <laughs> first round picks for Drew Holiday, and now they find out that James Harden is interested in them. They ain't got no picks left to trade. Real quick, though, on that, though, I feel like James just, like, threw Milwaukee on the list. Like, yo, yo, I, I, I told people to leak that, like, I only want to be a winner, so he just threw Milwaukee on there. But really, he just wants out of South Beach or play with his boy in Brooklyn. You know what I mean? Like, that's what my read on it. You know yeah. Because, I mean? like, yeah. it don't make sense because James Harden and, like, Giannis hate each other's right. guts. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. Giannis ain't the type to like be buddy buddy out the blue like like this is fucking wrestling like a heel like a heel and face turn just like in one <laughs> night. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't think Giannis is that type of dude. So I think that was just like yo, just, just throw him on the list. You know, just make it seem like I like winning and you know I would play in Milwaukee even though Jay Harden in Milwaukee. Fuck that. Well, I don't know what the strip club situation is Milwaukee's like, but <laughs> it definitely ain't the Harden standard. You know what I mean? So I think I think the craziest thing that I heard or saw from last night is that the the Heat aren't willing to give up Tyler Hero for to Yo, get Pat James Harden. Right. Was which is the stupidest <laughs> thing I heard in a really long time. What the fuck? Like Tyler Hero? All right. I mean, yeah, he was a good rookie. Had a good rookie season. Solid, solid playoff performance in the bubble. But this is James Harden, man. And Facts. you know Jimmy Butler's window is isn't that big either. He's he's in his thirties as well, and uh, he has a lot of miles that he's run in, throughout his career. Bring James Harden on that team. Pat Riley's a smart man. He's smarter than mo- than both of us combined when it comes to basketball. And oh, yeah, <laughs> like he he's he's a genius. And if if he or if anyone in the Miami Heat organization are saying that Tyler Hero is not 
you know available for trade for a two for for an MVP um, and an MVP candidate the last like decade pretty much, then Tyler Hero must be a a future MVP then. <laughs> I think that's just posturing from the Heat. You know what I mean? It's like we see this anytime with this big star deal. It's like, oh, so so and so prospect is off the table, and then, you know, somehow that prospect gets thrown in. You know what I mean? So, I think that's what it is. But because at the end of the day, like to your point, Pat Riley, real, Pat Riley, aside from Daryl Morey, in like the last decade plus, he's been like the most aggressive about pursuing stars and mm-hmm. superstars. You know what I mean? Like he'll do whatever it takes. So, he'll, you know, trade away draft picks. He'll do whatever it takes to just win now. Like, yo, if you could get yourself a Harden, Butler, and Bam core in the East, mm. like, yeah, that's only on paper. But, like, if you get that, you're the favorite in the East, to, in my perspective. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because it's to be seen how, like, KD and Kyrie both look coming off injury. But, yeah, I mean, if Miami's there on the table, and I don't know what their pick situation is like. I feel like they owe a couple to other teams. But if they can make a deal happen and throw in a hero, I think the only untouchable should be Bam and Butler. You know what I mean? Those are the only untouchables in my eyes in Miami's roster. So, Interesting what's going on with the Harden situation. Um, and surprisingly, Philly's not looking to give up any either Ben Simmons nor Joel Embiid for James Harden. Which I mean, that's also Daryl Morey. who's yeah. like, he's a master at like, making sure he wins a trade. You know what I mean? So like if that, that posturing like leverage shit, he's got that down pat. But I did see an interesting note, or I think not an interesting note, but I think it was a Tim McMahon of ESPN who covers like all the Texas NBA teams. He said for Titta... Uh, Tillman Furtado, Fertitta, whatever the fuck that weirdo's <laughs> name is. <laughs> yeah, he's like wary about dealing with Maury. You know what I mean? Because he knows what the type of more like the type of dude Maury is, mm-hmm. like what type of GM he is. So he's wary about dealing with him. But you know, we heard that same shit about the New Orleans and LA situation, where like the owner would never deal with the Lakers, and then you know they they got everything from the Lakers. You know what I mean? So, um, I think yeah, I think Philly's, I think Philly can make a trade happen. You know. As soon as they put Simmons on the table, but you give me the sign to wrap up. So yeah, I and mean, I wanted to hear your uh, real quick thoughts on PG's new contract. I was about to say like, yo, shit. I mean, that's ain't that like a perfect encapsulation? We just end our podcast and just like not even mention PG. Like that's he's a footnote. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but um, I mean, good for him. Shit, that's like half a billy if he plays through the entire contract. I'm about to make fifty mil in his thirty th- age thirty five season. I'll, I mean, I personally would. I'm a, I would object to that, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, hey, you know, if they want to lock him up, show to Kawhi that they're serious because I think that's the main thing right now. I think Kawhi is their crown jewel, and they just want to prove to Kawhi that they're serious about being a contender for a while. Mm-hmm. And with PG, it's just like, I don't know. He just, yeah, Anytime he talks, bro, it's just like, shut the fuck up. Like, yesterday, he's just <laughs> like, yo, I owe them a trophy. Like, I, I, I vow to be here forever. He said the same shit in Indiana. And credit to him, like, after he said he he wants to be a Clipper, a retired Clipper, he did sign the extension. But then right after, he's like, I owe y'all a trophy. Why would you say you owe, owe a trophy when literally two months ago, you're like, I was a championship a bust? So you just contradicted yourself, you dumb fuck. Like <laughs> that's the thing. Like you just you just don't want to talk too much. And that was my that was my point earlier on with Kevin Ox. Obviously, it's not to the same level, but there's a certain point where you just, just don't talk and just show it on the court and just leave it all there. And yeah, I mean, PG objectively, if you ignore everything that he says, is a really good player. Uh, yeah. You know, multi-time All Star, and the Clippers don't get that often. So I think it was definitely. A, a no-brainer for them to sign him on for as long as long as they can because he's he's an excellent two-way player. To connect this to the Knicks, though, I mean, I mean, I'm glad this extension came down because like it, that 
that that CAA connection was just like made me fearful that like the Knicks would try to get PG next season. Yeah. And if we sign PG, it'd be similar to if we sign Hayward. I would like I would be okay with it. I'll be you know I convinced myself obviously it's a good player we signed, but I don't fucking like PG, bro. Mm-hmm. Like personality wise <laughs> and like just like the te- I mean honestly like Zach Lowe put out an amazing article yesterday just all about PG. He's a perfect elite number two option just because he's not a great like pick and roll player. He's yeah. not a great like creator. He's not a great isolation scorer. You know what I mean? So like if that's your centerpiece. It would have been for us if we had signed him next season in this alternate dimension. We would have just been like Indiana again. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's an improvement from what we've been. But I just didn't want that to happen because because of the CAA connection. His agent is actually like Julius Randle's agent. You know what I mean? And. That dude is like a good uh, good rapport with Scott Perry in the Knicks front office. So, I mean, I was worried about that, but looks like we dodged that bullet. You know what I mean? Yep. All right, man. So let's we're we're gonna wrap up this episode of the Cup of Coffee edition, the Nickish Show. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe to us on all podcasting platforms and Trick Style and Sportscaster every Wednesday for Nickish at Night, where we bring in a new guest every week. Uh, if you're interested in being on our show, make sure you DM us on Instagram. Uh, we have a list of people to to bring on to the show and if you're interested let us know and we'll be happy to uh bring you on bring you on to niggish at night uh, on sportscaster live um and yeah man i'm excited for tonight's game let's let's hope for a knicks win and a successful knicks season upcoming or upcoming health no injuries just like players come out healthy you know what i mean no like, drama none of that yeah, shit let's, just let's not start off the season a normal season. bad note you know what i mean yeah mm-hmm. so yeah i echo you you know what i mean like yo Season finally here, you know. It's Knicks fans. Let's all unite and enjoy tonight. You know what I mean? And um, subscribe to our podcast. You know what I mean? Like on all platforms. You know, because uh, we we need to get them listeners up. You know what I mean? <laughs> all right, man. Take care. Everyone else listening. Peace. Peace. <laughs>